Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations, a platform to educate and inspire. My name is Tafazwan Lovu, and thank you for tuning in to the show. On the show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world, individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I do this on Instagram Live on my account, which you can give a follow at Tafanlovu, that's T-A-F-A-N-D-L-O-V-U, to catch the future episodes live. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So today, I'm joined by Floyd Labati, an entrepreneur and enterprise development consultant, health professional, and founder of his own practice, Floyd Labati Physiotherapy. In this episode, Floyd and I delve into the topics of entrepreneurship, health and fitness, as well as mental health. I hope you're ready for this one. It's going to be absolutely jam-packed. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, what's up, boy? I'm doing well, Floyd. How are you doing? I'm all good. Let me just quickly adjust this bad boy, just so that we get. Yeah, okay. I don't feel like I'm doing a close-up all day. Um, <laughs> let me just go over here. The camera angle just changes a bit when you go live. Okay, awesome. How are you doing, big guy? Ah, I'm good, man. How's it going? It's, uh, it's great to finally be here. Yeah, man, I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, it's, it's finally coming. I mean, we've been talking about this quite a bit over the past few days. So, I mean, I'm yes. really excited to, to actually dive into it. And yeah, I see a lot of people are starting to join us, which yeah, is awesome. That's <laughs> no, that's so, so cool. And how, how, how are you doing, by the way? I, I know you've been working hard. Um, yeah. So how was the day? After the day's been all right, you know, I was in a meeting uh, early on today, so actually now I just finished. So yeah, happy to actually be here, but I'm happy, I'm smiling. It's a, it's a lovely day in Johannesburg, so all is well, all is well. And yourself? Ah, uh, man, it's, it's, been a, it's been a busy one. As you know, uh, there's no rest for the wicked. So I've, I've been mm. doing all my admin, a lot of paperwork, a lot of planning. Um, awesome. during the course of the day so now at least after this we so we can have a good chat now then i'll get on the yes. phone with my boys have a catch up with them so it's, it's exciting awesome. times it's been a productive that's day amazing. that's amazing floyd so i think just to kick us off you know we've obviously got a lot of people tuning in uh, live and we're gonna have a lot of people you know watching this on on youtube but i think maybe just to uh give us a brief overview of you know where are you from? You know, where did you grow up? What do you currently do? And maybe just a little bit about, you know, what you're passionate about. Okay, fantastic. So I'm born and bred in Joburg. I grew up nice. in an area called Bez Valley. Um, for people that are from Joburg that don't know where Bez Valley is, I usually say, you know that part next to Ellis Park? Where you Sorry about that. I think it's great. So, yeah, I'll say, like, yeah. usually I say to people, like, you know, the park, that, that area right next to Ellis Park, where you get to park your mm. car. That's where I grew up. <laughs> so, uh, they, I love that. They, look, right, when I grew up, it wasn't such a scary place to, to be. A uh, really mm. cool place. It was like a melting pot, like, where we grew up, it was every culture of race was on each block. So, it was a, an awesome Amazing. place to grow up. A really um exciting place to grow up but a very real place to grow up you 
you could meet people awesome. that were, were going places and then you met some people that just went down the wrong path. And so I went, uh, I grew up in Bez Valley, then was very fortunate to go to a really high quality boys school. I went to Jeffy Boys, so um, mm -hmm. a school that, I, that, that, that lies really close to my heart. And then uh, once I'd finished my schooling, decided to go and study. study. So I went to the University of Witwatersrand, also known as mm -hmm. WIT. I did my mm -hmm. Bachelor of Science in Physiotherapy. And then from there, I, I, I obviously went into clinical practice. So currently I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own physiotherapy practice. I've owned that for over eight years now. And mm -hmm. then uh, professionally, I also work as an entrepreneur. So basically companies hire me or they employ me to assist with enterprise development. So that's something I'd like to chat to, to chat about today as well is so mm. in i work within their businesses as though it's my own so i work with that that's kind awesome. of passion and that kind of that's vision really cool. so that we can help that business grow that's awesome that's awesome so let's 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 dive into the topic of entrepreneurship right um yes you know tell us tell me a little bit about your journey um within the entrepreneurship field you know where did that sort of passion start um you know from was it from an early age or has it sort of come along the way? Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about that, that entrepreneurship journey. So it's quite interesting. Um, my dad was essentially an entrepreneur, he owned his a small little driving school. My, mm. my mom is now an entrepreneur. So she, she started her own company about three years ago. But when I was a kid, I wasn't like a hustler. I was not the kid selling things. And, and, and we had a few of those at school and, and, yeah. and you know, I, I, I sort of envy them because they learned certain sales skills early on in mm. the piece. But essentially, once I'd finished the whole university route, got, got everything done, made sure that I'd, I'd, I'd got really good marks at university, mm. I then realized that I wanted more control of my, my future, more control of my destiny. And mm. within our field, within the field of physiotherapy, it's, you usually work for someone for quite a long period of time before you go into private practice. And so I knew that there were benefits to that so that you'd learn, get, gain some clinical experience uh, yeah. and learn certain things that you can only learn while working in the trenches. So having known that I want to run my life my way, and mm. also gain experience. I, I essentially then uh, sat down with my now business partner, but then my employer. And I said to him in the first interview, I was like, listen, I want to be able to own relatively soon. Uh, what, what are your feelings about that? Because I don't want to be working for someone for a decade mm. and not have ownership. So yeah. he said to me, and he's an entrepreneur, so he's, he's, a, he's a property entrepreneur. He said to me at, in that first engagement when we started, because I, I'd done some uh, hours for him because I, I just wanted to learn more. And he said, yeah. when we spoke about you know, long-term, in the first conversation, he said, look, you're a man, you're probably gonna have to produce for your household. I get it. So I'll support mm. you on that journey. And then he, he, he essentially helped me um, acquire my first practice after a year within private wow. practice. So that, that, was, that was, of all my friends, I think uh, that I qualified with at the same time, I was the first to open a practice. And that was mm. a, to a large degree because of the assistance that my, my business partner um, provided in those early days. 
That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So, I mean, you know, inspiring that sort of, sort of step to, to start your own practice, what sort of inspired you to, to take that step and how was it actually taking that step? I mean, that must have been scary um, <laughs> and quite daunting as well. Uh, yeah. You know, let's probably talk us through a little bit about, you know, the doubts that you probably had, um, you know, the, the fears that you had and how you overcame those to actually start your own practice. So I, firstly, I'm, I'm quite a driven person. So, uh, and that mm. goes from way back to current. I, I, I was always driven. The fear was always going to be there. But in a lot of the entrepreneurship books I was reading, they, they spoke about analysis paralysis. And I was like, yeah. you know, if I overthink this whole thing, it's going to be a nightmare. I'm never going to get going. Yeah. So with that in mind, I decided, you know, I'm going to get going. I just, I just wanted yeah, to get going awesome. and, and opportunity. And, and usually what happens is, you know, you've got to, there's a book by Branson it's screw it. Let's do it. You've got to yeah. just, when opportunity arises, you don't know when the next one, the, the next one will come, but you don't know when the next one will come. So yeah. you, you better jump on it and you can always learn as you go. But if mm. there aren't any opportunities for, for two years, you know, you're going to sit around and, and dread the fact that you've lost this opportunity. And so yeah. at that time, uh, an opportunity, the, the opportunity to open a practice um, was presented to my business partner, but it wasn't a big enough and secure enough and lucrative enough deal for him. So he yeah. said, look, this is the deal. I think this, is a, this deal fits where you are right now. So then I said, cool, let's go for it. And essentially what happened was I, I then opened the practice. So I, I'd done all the paperwork, I set the dates, and I ended up having to have an ankle surgery, man. Um, so I, I went, uh, yeah. So I, I then, I, I needed to have an ankle surgery and that put me out of work for two months. So I was in a position now where I, I just opened a new practice mm. and I hadn't built a, a, a clientele in that area. I'd yeah. taken some of my, my secure employment and said, look, I'm going to sacrifice that so that I can build my own practice. And then I had mm. the surgery and then my insurance didn't pay out. So I then also went to two months of zero income. So that was my introduction to entrepreneurship, man. So, you know, um, it, it, I can laugh about it now, right? Yeah, uh, but at the time it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, they, <laughs> you know, they say insure, um, they say uh, experience is, are things that happen to you that you wish to God happened to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that so applies that was, in that, at that time. Yeah, that applies 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that, was, that was my introduction to entrepreneurship, but, but I definitely do not regret it at all. Not at mm. all. So, so talk us through some of the challenges that you have faced in that, in sort of, not just in the, the starting of your own practice, but, you know, yes. now we're talking more so the running of your own practice, because obviously, yes, it takes incredible amount of courage, incredible amount of drive to start your practice. But it yes. also then takes, you know, incredible amount of motivation to to keep it going. And I think, you know, a quote sort of comes to mind, which is, it's not necessarily the the level of your motivation that determines whether you'll succeed. It's actually the consistency of your motivation rather than the level, right? So talk well, us through some of the challenges that you've had, um, you know, running your own practice 
and how you sort of surmounted those those challenges on a on a consistent basis yeah so so as i as i entered the world of of clinical practice private practice i mm. i found it i found that i was at a little bit of a disadvantage and i'll 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 qualify that. So uh, you're mm -hmm. a saint boy, um, yeah. as, as I think some of your viewers will know. So mm -hmm. as I as I started working at Saints, so at this time I'm 22, turning 23, yeah. I'm and I'm working with my business partner on the side of the field, right? So mm -hmm. as I as I rock up and we start working, and then my business partner is chatting to one of the moms, and I'm next to him, and we start chatting. And she says to me, she's like, um, oh, are you playing for the first team today? <laughs> so she, she thinks I'm in matric, man. So at that time, I'm looking, I look 18, right? And yeah. so when I would sometimes walk into the waiting area, so like the patient's booked, it's their first appointment with me. So I walk into the mm. waiting area and the patient's eyes are like, oh my God, like... <laughs> <laughs> is this is this dude for real? Um, is this uh, is this really it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's so funny uh, that we we chatting right now. So one of my one of my patients just gave me a call uh, just to ask for some advice. But he's a mm. lawyer, and he, the first uh, at the end of his first session, he said, "You know what? I'm so thankful. I was so worried that you know when I walked in here, I was like, hey, am I doing community service or what's going on?'" <laughs> He's someone that, you know, whether he's injured or not, you'll give me a call, um, just yeah. ask for, for advice and that sort of thing. But and mm. that, because of being thrust into that environment where I would have to earn my stripes a little bit more yeah. than some of my peers, yeah. I then learned that I've got to over-deliver. Over-deliver yes, all awesome. the time. Because... Yeah. If, if you over deliver consistency consistently like as you say right so I'm in the position now where a lot of my patients rock up and they already trust me because of my reputation but mm. you don't gain that reputation for free you've got to earn that reputation you, and, yeah. and and I think a big problem with social media and the way so the problem is not social media right the problem is the way that we use social media so you know, we, yeah. you, you have an 18 year old guy who's, he just wants a fresh whoop. He wants mm. a rollie and he wants a, a ton of money in the bank. So yeah. I, I get that. I was there at a the time there was, I mean, mm. that those are the things that you, you see on hip hop exactly. music videos. That's what mm. you're exposed to. And yeah. you think you jump on the gram, some dude is telling you about binary options or something that, you know, like, <laughs> And he's some, like, he's, he's rented a Lambo. Scheme, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's rented his Lambo. He's, he's like showing you that this is the lifestyle, yeah. right? And yeah. so you think about entrepreneurship in the short term, right? So, yes. and, and I, I, was, I was listening to a really impactful talk by Simon Sinek. And he was talking about companies that, that go the long haul. And yeah. they not about competing in the short term they, they're not about mm. that they're about owning a space and living a message for the long term and That's when really you good. think about the long term you you gain a tribe right yeah. because the people the, the type of people you want are attracted mm. to that and they will fight 
for that environment that you're creating and that culture you're creating and that, whether that be your employees whether mm. it's your 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 customers so when when you talk about you said something that's why i love what you said it's, it's about the long term and i think the shortest term that you can look at as an entrepreneurship so maybe five years where you're, mm. you're in game maybe you've, you've decided you know i i really like this business but i don't want to stay in it for a long term i just want to make it attractive for acquisition you know you yes. want to sell it mm. yeah that's cool but that's still usually five years like it's not a short process exactly yeah. it's like it's you, you 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 when you look at these big uh unicorns you, you need to understand that those are not the rule those are the exception you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. that's what i would say it's like so you know you learn initially you learn those tough lessons of how to acquire but then you've got to do the hardest part which is um is keep on delivering. I, I was, I was yeah. actually thinking of wearing a Michael Jordan uh, jersey today because <laughs> I, I love Jordan. Um, yeah. but it's a, it's a little bit too nippy right now, right? But the, yeah. the, the thing I love about Slightly. Jordan is that he was consistent, right? He, mm. he won mm. how many rings? Because he was consistent. He didn't win one yeah. ring. Yeah. So if we had to talk, you know, through your journey, and you know, I think so far, which what you shared with us is incredibly profound. Um, what would you say if I had to ask you for two or three key lessons that you've learned um, throughout either your entrepreneurship journey, but also your your career journey as well? What would you say are the sort of key key sort of steps or lessons that you've learned throughout? So the first lesson I would say is is that it's very easy to be passionate to work really hard when you're mm. passionate. So I'm going to say my first lesson is hard work and yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to dovetail that into passion because then it, then it's not that, that difficult to work hard. And yeah. one thing I do know is that talent is highly, highly, highly overrated. So, yeah. you know, the talent is what gets people to fall in love initially. However, mm. you don't, you don't stay in love with something that's, you know, all, all, you know, hot air initially and, and it just fizzles out. So yeah. I think, hard work is my is like my number one sort of lesson that i've learned and then the second the second lesson is to be tough like to yeah. really be tough to be to have a thick skin because when you when you're an entrepreneur you know and and again this goes to the way certain people portray it so if you portray it as in you know i'm living the dream all day yeah. every day mm. And you, that's and then not, you, you, that's not what it yeah, is, no, right? That's not that. That's definitely not. Like people, people get angry when they work nine to five, right? Mm. Um, mm. When when you're an entrepreneur, you're going to work five till two, you know, five a.m. to two a.m. Especially yeah. when things are bad, and especially when you're starting out. So yeah. you've got to you've got to work hard, and you've got to mm. be tough because what's going to happen is people are going to sideswipe you like mad i've been yeah. betrayed in 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 business by people i never expected to betray me i've wow. been blindsided like you cannot ex you cannot even understand and i and i mm. and i always say thank you that it happened now because i'm still yeah. dealing with like minuscule amounts of money compared to what i'm, yeah. I'm going to be dealing with the the downside like 
right now I'm married. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed to be married and I, mm. I, I, I don't have kids. So you mm. get blindsided when you have kids. It's a whole different ballgame. But yeah. you speak to any entrepreneur and they're going to tell you they have been screwed over by someone. And often that yeah. someone was their accountant or friend, right? Mm. So it happens. So the, the second lesson I'd say would be to have a tough, tough skin. Yeah. The third les lesson, uh, I've got to think about that, is to make sure that you are highly teachable, highly teachable, because really mm. no matter where you are in time and space, you mm. cannot understand and know it all. So yeah. for me, I I'm, I'm, I'm always open to learning. If, if anything, sometimes I, I, I impair my movement because I'm trying to learn too much. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's that whole over intellectualizing the process. But yeah. being teachable is super important because there are people that have been where you want to go and mm. they will, they paid the school fees, right? So mm. if you really want to pay school fees, you can pay the school fees. I've mm. always loved the shortcuts um, where applicable. So, you know, if, if, if my business partners, you know, sit, give, I give my business partner a call, I say, look, I'm in X, Y, Z situation. What do you mm. recommend? And he says, I've been exactly in this position and yeah. this is how it played out. I'm, yeah. I'm really going to listen to that. And yeah. that's why I also really like, you know, reading books because a lot of the time you read a book and it speaks into you, like into your yeah. spirit because you yeah. open and then it's like, boom, oh, it hits you because you, 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 yeah. you've wanted to know, you've been looking yeah. and it's like, oh, there's the answer. So exactly. I think, I think mm. that teachability is also highly important if you, if you, if you want to move forward um, as that's an awesome. entrepreneur. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, let's talk health and fitness, right? So I know this is something that you are extremely passionate about. Yes. Um, you know, so tell me, where did that passion develop? Where did it start? Um, and yeah, how did, how did the conception of that passion come about? So, you know, I, uh, when we, we, we're going to go back a little bit, so I'm going to age myself mm. a little bit. So in grade one, it was 1995. Right. So 1995, okay. uh, the Rugby World Cup hit South Africa. Right. Yeah. How cool is that? So I'm in grade one. Now, you know, when the teachers decide, OK, guys, we're going to do a, a class activity, but they mm. just want to watch the match. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, the first game was Australia versus South Africa, the opener of the World Cup final. Yeah. So like everyone in aftercare gets shipped into this classroom and we're watching. Mm. So, you mm. know, after 10 minutes, the kids are like losing their minds. They don't want to watch TV. They cooked up inside. So at yeah. halftime, they let everyone go out. I was just like, no way I'm watching this bad boy, right? <laughs> so I'm like a grade one sitting with all the mm. teachers watching the rugby. Mm. And, you know, moving forward into that same championship, the final came around. South Africa mm. against New Zealand in the World Cup final. Uh, my, one of my really good friends, it was his birthday party that day, right? That same day. I was like, uh, so my mom's like, oh, don't you want to go to Cheyenne's birthday party? I'm like, uh, I'm going to first, <laughs> first watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Maybe I'll afterwards. Say, <laughs> I mean, when it got to the point of extra time, my mom still tells the story, like, while the game was going, 
I was mm. shivering in front of the wow. TV. And then, wow. you know, Joe Stransky kicks the job for we won the World <laughs> Cup, right? So I don't Amazing. regret it at all. I went to the birthday party afterwards. There was still some cake. I mean, mm. we're living the dream, right? Win-win, <laughs> right? Win-win. Exactly, <laughs> you know? So ever, from, ever since then, you know, I, I'd always loved playing sport. So playing sport all the way through, uh, I had an aptitude for accounting. I had an aptitude for for logical thinking. So I thought I was going to go into programming. I did a little bit of programming at school and I was like, no ways, I'm not going to do this. And at that same time that I realized, you know, pro computer pro, because I thought I was going to work for like EA Sports and, and make FIFA, right? <laughs> the so dream. I thought, yeah, I love the dream. So the FIFA, absolute dream. <laughs> and you get to test your product, right? You get to yeah, test you know it. Like, okay. There was no Fortnite. You know, no like, like everyone's a house. If everyone's a house, there yeah. was FIFA, right? Exactly. So yeah. I, I realized, you know, this whole FIFA thing's not going to happen. Um, mm. accounting definitely I wasn't keen for that and yeah. I, I got absolutely destroyed in a rugby match like wow mm. I got I got I was playing fly half and at during this game these dudes just these two flankers had a field day hey we, we oh, my back was toast so <laughs> I'm like I can barely walk I'm down in Paul you know the yeah. one of the one of the the the, the rugby makers of the world. Um, yeah. I missed my first ever game. So until that point of under 16, I'd never missed a game. So I mm. then, I, I missed the last game of this festival. I get up to Joburg and they're like, listen, you need to go to the physio. So I'm like, okay, cool. I don't know what the physio is. I get there. <laughs> so my coach takes me right to the physio. Yeah. So I get there. Oh, wow. This woman was beautiful. I was like, what? I love this thing. I, what is physio? I don't know what physio is, but I love this thing. So I'm like, I get there. And wow, mm. she was so professional, so, so precise in her assessment. She was so That's particular really in her management. And, mm. you know, I was playing the next game. So I was like, you know, this is quite cool. It's like you, you're dealing with people that are athletic, you mm. helping them get back to, to play. Like yeah. you're, so you're surrounded by people that are driven the whole time. Yeah. I was like, That's this awesome. is just, this is just awesome. It's an amazing environment. Is, yeah. Mm. Exactly. So from there, I then decided, you know, let's get, let's get focused, you know, cause where, where I went to school, um, we went to school pretty much to play sports. We didn't, like now it's very different. The school's far more academically inclined and actually, let me say more balanced. There's a lot, a, a yeah. lot of really good academics and like insane sportsmen. I worked with some of the best sportsmen I've ever witnessed um, at mm. that school. Um, mm. But at that time, we, you know, academics were completely in the rear view mirror. Yeah. So now yeah, exactly. Now I've got a goal. And, and once I've mm. got a goal, I'm like a dog with a bone. I'm not going to let go. So yeah. then I got into VITS, right? And and VITS, I mean, that's a phenomenal program that they run. And yeah, mm. so that, that was where the, the whole health and fitness shifted from being an athlete into being a professional. And, mm. you know, I decided um, it's actually far uh, easier for us as, as physios to move into a very... Um, the orthopedic route where it's like a lot of hip replacements, knee replacements, because mm. I mean, there are tons of them every year. Yeah. Uh, it's a very stable sort of uh, model. 
but that's mm. not where my passion lies. So I, I decided to take a slightly really different route and mm. focus on the athletes. And I, I don't regret it. I, I've mm. met some incredible athletes over the years. Mm. I'm sure. So, you know, just, just touching on that, uh, you know, you've obviously got into contact with some really incredible athletes and, you know, yeah. being, the, you know, treating them and then coming to your practice. What are some of the sort of big lessons that you've learned from them? Um, you know, from the interactions with them and, you know, being in that environment. Yeah, there, there are a few lessons, right? So it's very different working with youth athletes versus your young, I'll say your, 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 your professional athletes that, that's between the, the years of one to five and still establishing mm -hmm. themselves. And then yeah. the athlete that's the master's athlete. So yeah. when I look at a master's athlete, let, let me start with that because I think it's the most important. When mm. you meet, and when I say, let me not say master's athlete, let me say a highly experienced player that is yeah. playing still at the professional level, not at master's yes. amateur level, professional. Yes, yeah, absolutely top. Mm. Your, your tip top professional athlete that's playing in his mid-30s in a sport like rugby mm. is someone who took their body very seriously from the yeah. beginning. Now, mm. I, I remember speaking to one of the pro uh, pro pro physios and it was a bit of a loaded question because I knew he'd worked with Stefan to Blanche, right? Yeah. And so I'd, I'd met Stefan to Blanche the year after his retirement and mm -hmm. like for a very brief period and he was working, he was doing like a charity sort of uh, tournament. And yeah. at that time, I mean, he was just in incredible shape. I mean, yeah. the dude must have Insane. been 38 and I was like, this dude is so shredded. He's so He's got a 25-year-old body, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were varsity cup and super rugby players in that um, in that setup. Mm. And he was fitter than all of them. So yeah. I was like, geez, man. So when I spoke to this this other physio, I was like, yeah, just as a, like, who was the tell most me. professional <laughs> athlete you ever worked with? And he, mm. boom, without thinking, Stefan. Immediately. Because mm. he was professional before professional rugby existed. He was looking after yeah. his body, body professionally before it existed. And mm. if you look at um, his record, uh, I don't know if you know, Stefan Tablanche in his first test match, his test debut, scored a, he mm. scored four tries. He scored four tries in his first test match mm. against Ireland. Mm. Not against like yeah. some like really Ireland. <laughs> yeah, an right? insane team. So, exactly. So Goodness. from a Masters athlete's perspective, I've learned that you've got to look after your body from the beginning because mm. you know usually you don't get to the end if you if you don't look after your body yeah exactly. with, yeah with, with with the youth athletes the, the best rugby team i ever worked with um mm. currently there are probably five pro rugby players from that from that team right mm. man mm -hmm. they had the most fun like mm. I promise you, there was such an awesome bunch of players to work with because really they were gifted. They were, comp they were yeah. so gifted naturally, but their yeah. coaches worked them really hard. Like they worked really hard, but they were fun. When you, mm. when you were on the, the field with them, you could tell that they were loving what they were doing. And I think yeah, awesome. that's, that's so important for anyone that is on a health fitness type journey is to enjoy yeah. the process. Um, yeah. you know, when people come into my rooms, 
often they'll say, okay, what type of exercise should I do? Is, mm. For certain cases, I have to give them ultra specific guidance for most cases, yeah. right? But yeah. a lot of the time I'll say, you know, in addition to that, you know, the best exercise is the exercise that you'll do. And you'll usually do something that you enjoy. So yeah. I think, you know, lesson from those youth athletes is that the best youth the athletes that I've worked with love what they do, right? That's amazing. And then yeah. from, from, from those athletes that are between the one and five year sort of span, the, mm. the lesson I've learned is, you know, you, you've got to just keep working like a slave. You've got to work yeah. like a slave to live like a king. That mm. is literally it because they are in a very um, challenging position where they haven't been established. So if they are mm. out for prolonged periods of time, they could lose their spot. Whereas mm. your experienced guy knows he can rest in certain periods. They, they, they're more um, sort of accommodating. So yeah. with, with those athletes that really want it and everyone's, everyone's against it till the real gangster walks in the building, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everyone says, yeah, I want to be a pro athlete. Yeah, until like that friends. person who wants to be a pro is actually in the room. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's like exactly. okay, actually. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, yeah. it's like uh, watching this Jordan documentary. Uh, one of the best NBA players of all time says, you know, when, when Jordan was at the Lakers um, as a rookie, they're like, mm. he was like, yeah, man, I was, I was better than Jordan for about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> because Jordan outworked yeah. him right Just and when mm. you're in that space from one to five years sometimes you are better but you don't that player the player in front of you is built a reputation so you've got to yeah. earn your stripes so That's for really good. the lessons that i've learned from from those athletes is that whether it's business whether it's your corporate life whether it's relationships all of those things those those first few years man you've got to slog you've got to earn your rights to be there you the, the world awesome. owes you nothing right Mm. Um, well, it owes you nothing. So you've got yeah. to earn the right to be there. And, and again, you've, uh, you know, life is a game where you've got to pay rent every day. So you earn the right to be there and then staying there is even harder. So you want to work even harder than that. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's really, really profound, Floyd. And I think, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, to change this topic slightly, so your yeah. own sort of health and fitness routine I've had lots of questions and, you know, it's, it's <laughs> locked down at the moment, you know, people are, are scared about gaining weight. How do you, how do you keep, how do you keep your own sort of health and fitness in shape? So Me. particularly now in the lockdown time, you know, how do you, how do you keep that consistently going? How do you motivate yourself to just keep, you know, keeping your fitness up to, up to shape and, you know, coupled with that, your your diet as well i've also had lots of questions around your diet which i'm just going to lump into one it's just tell us a little bit about your diet tell us a bit That's about cool. you know your success in that in that field as well yeah so so uh, it's very important to realize that uh okay so let's start with lockdown so I'm, i i cannot mm. lie i'm super blessed uh, my practice is equipped with a gym. I've, I've built a yeah. gym within my practice because I'm training athletes. So I want to see what they look like when they're doing what they're doing. So mm. from an exercise perspective, I've just been really consistent with training uh, yeah. at my practice as opposed to where I usually train. And, and actually what I've learned since this, um, this whole thing started, this whole COVID-19 pandemic, I've decided mm. that I'm going to actually train there for the long term. Mm. Now, when I don't train at the gym, I train at home. 
And mm. when I train at home, I'm now training with my wife. And it's been quite awesome because it's, it's a great time to spend time together and, mm. you know, gain and, and build the relationship and also stay fit. Yeah. As far as my training re regime goes, it, it varies. So I'm with my diet and my exercise regimen all vary depending on the, the goals at that time. So yeah. I'll give you an example. So in the last three years, I've been uh, competing in powerlifting socially. So mm. if I'm training for powerlifting, I will create programs to help me squat, deadlift and bench a lot. Uh, I, mm. I, I, my, my body, my physique will completely change because I don't care about my physique at that time. I'm training yeah. primarily for my, for my strength gains. So yeah. now that I've decided, well, there's no, there's no competitions anytime soon. So mm. what I've done now is that I'm focusing on training for my, phys my, my physique. So mm. what I'll, uh, because I, I don't take steroids or any performance enhancing drugs. So yeah. when you train naturally, you've got to train uh, the same body parts slightly more frequently in a week than someone that's using a performance enhancing drug. So yes. what I, mm. so how I train currently is, on a, on a Monday, I'll do a push day. Tuesday, I'll do a pull day. Wednesday, I'll do like my core glutes, hams, like a lot of floor work because I'll I, uh, like do those types of exercises to build my stability. Then mm. on the Thursday, I'll, I'll do again a push day. On the Friday, I'll do a, a pull day. When I do my push and my pull, I do full body push and pull. So on my push day, I'll be doing chest work, shoulder work, triceps work, quads work. On my pool, mm. they'll be doing more back biceps, hammies, glutes. So mm. that's where I, tr I cover all the sections of my body. And then yeah. if, you know, depending on the, uh, how my physique's looking at the time, I can then top up with certain, maybe hit the same body part three times because mm. that body part's lagging. So it'll mm. just depend on where I am at that time. So um, what, I'll, what I'll do is I'll say, I'll, I'll put it out there. So anyone that, if you would like me to put out like a training program of some kind um, mm. and a diet slash eating plan out of some kind, uh, put, it in the, put it in the comments and then I'll, I'll look at doing that and, and putting it up on awesome. the net uh, and making that available. And then awesome. as far as my eating goes, it, again, it depends on where, where I am. So mm. currently uh, I've decided, you know, from Monday, I need to get down 10 kilos uh, from now to the end of the year, just because mm. I'm, I'm focusing more on my health. So mm. when, when I decide on how, because I've also um, seen a lot of fads go through, you know, uh, over, over a professional career of over 10 years, you see a lot mm. of fads like dietary exercise, all of those. Things. Yes. So, mm. you know, for, for, from my standpoint, yes, you have outliers. So people with hormonal issues, metabolic issues, mm. all of those things. Right. But for the, for the vast majority of the populace, if you want to lose weight, you've got to get a caloric deficit, meaning mm. the amount of calories that you're burning, you've got to put in mm. less than that of about 500 yeah. calories, right? So yeah. that's the yeah. rule of thumb. There are outliers. Yeah. This is not medical advice. This is, if you go yeah. and read papers, you're going to see yeah. pretty much this. Um, mm. Your macronutrients and micronutrients, though, those mm. often dictate how you're going to feel, right? So <laughs> if, if you starve yourself, you'll lose weight. But you, if you're not getting the nutrients in, you're going to feel like, you're going to feel yeah. terrible. You're going to cause health issues. 
So yeah. my whole thing would be the way I usually set up my eating plan is that mm. I'll get protein in before, for yeah. me to look the way I want to look. I'll usually take my body weight, multiply mm. it by two, and then I'm going to put that much protein in grams. So if I'm weighing 90 kilos, I'm going to put 180 grams of protein in a day. And yeah. then I'm going to go, if I want to lose weight, I'm going to drop my micros by mm. about five, my, my calories by about 500 a day so mm. that I can lose my weight. And then on my, on my, micro, on my micronutrients, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just try when I'm, when I'm filling that calorie, that calorie amount, I'm going to put as much uh, green leafy veg because uh, my body doesn't, I gain weight and I gain size if I put in a lot of starchy stuff. So mm. I, I'll put in a lot of greens and veg as much as possible in my calorie allowance. Awesome. And then I'll mm. supplement with omega-3s. I'll supplement with a calcium and magnesium. Uh, I just find that my body feels a lot better. There is some literature around calcium, magnesium, and zinc. Yeah. And then mm. I'll also use creatine um, for my, my strength. So strength, and it also has shown to be to help with your muscle strength, your muscle hypertrophy, and also mm. a few other variables. But I mean, again, with a lot of these things, it's not a it's not a silver bullet. It's not a one size fits all. There's yeah. in, in most studies they show about twenty five percent of people don't respond well to creatine, for example. So that's mm. I'm not giving that as an advice to anyone. I'm mm. saying that's what I do. But that's what so, you do. Mm. Yeah. So currently. You're looking at a push-pull split training-wise, five days a week. And then on the other side, you're looking at a, a dietary uh, caloric um, uh, deficit of about 500, but looking at after my micronutrients. And then the, one of the things that I find help the most when I'm looking to shred and get that December vibe going, you know, that summer body going, um, yeah. <laughs> is just walk, eh? walk. Um, mm. Because even though That's my awesome. job is active, I'm not walking a lot. So I, I yeah. try to get, if I get an hour walk in, and so this also yeah. depends on how busy work is and all the rest of it, but I start taking yeah. an hour walk a day over a period mm. of two months, it's, the, the fat just melts off because your basal metabolic rate, the amount of um, energy your body's using while you're resting is just yeah. going up and then your yeah. calories are not very high and then you start yeah. to lose all that, uh, all the TLC on the side, you know, <laughs> all the, the love handles. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Thank you so much for that, Floyd. Um, yeah, I hope that covers to, the question. To, I hope that yeah, I think, I think it does in a lot of detail. Um, and I think a lot of people will be really, really helped by that. Um, to, to finish off, I want to talk about one topic, um, yes. you know, that we, that we are going to touch on, which is mental health and yes. sort of your comments around, around that and advice for people um, yeah. in the field of mental health at the moment, particularly right now, um, the lockdown situation where a lot of things are uncertain, um, where a lot of, I suppose, there's a lot of doubt, a lot of negative news out there as well. Yeah. And the future doesn't necessarily look too bright. And the situation is, is dire for some who may have lost uh, family members who, who, who are sick themselves as well. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to people in sort of the mental health aspect? So, so uh, uh, this is a, a topic very close to my heart because mm. uh, someone very close to me uh, has struggled with, with this issue not too long ago. And... Mm. I want to sort of divide this conversation into two, right? So mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, when you have, when you have tried to self-manage, 
and you're mm. not gaining, you're not winning, and you and things are are, not, are, are you're going down a a path that you don't feel that you have the expertise to manage. Mm. I am so pro um, psychologists, psychiatrists. I am I am so pro. I cannot I cannot emphasize that enough because mm. you know. I, I'm, I'm a professional person, so I, I go to university, I learn, I, I gain expertise in a certain topic and subject. And so for me, the way I think about it is that, you know, the same way I see patellofemoral pain, you know, whatever, you know, um, mm -hmm. every day, that person deals with depression and anxiety every single day. So mm -hmm. if, if, if you are down this, this rabbit hole and, and, it's, and it feels like a dark place, I'm ultra ultra pro going getting professional help and mm. for me personally whenever i just feel like you know I've, I, I i i can't say that i've i've had any big psychiatric issues i just mm. i just you know when i get into a funk where my performance for example let's say um at work i'm just not able to focus as well i'm stressed mm. and i'm just and i've tried to self-manage and I'm, I'm not getting there i just go go to my psychologist I see her once and I feel like a freaking rock star. I can take yeah. on the world because mm. she's giving me a perspective that I just don't have. Now, awesome. so, so, that's, so, so that's for the side where it's like, you know, it's more than, the, let me say, the more medical side of the, the spectrum. For, mm. for the average Joe Soap, um, my, uh, the, I think my approach is, the, so this is my personal approach, is that I, number one, invest into myself heavily so you know i i'm always listening to a really high quality podcasts high quality mm. youtube channels reading high quality books where it's like it, it frames your mind to see the opportunity so for yeah. covid for example i'm seeing more opportunity right now than i've ever seen in my whole life but that's mm. because i'm looking for the opportunity and, and the best analogy i can give you is if, you, if someone says, okay, look, um, we'll use South African main roads because, you know, we're both from South Africa. So if someone says yeah. to you, okay, eight o'clock prime time traffic, no COVID, right? Eight o'clock mm. prime time traffic, you stand on uh, the Koppen, right? Yeah. And you have to count for an hour the number of white cards, right? Yeah. And if mm. you get that down to the T, you get five million rand. I promise you, yeah. you'll get a notepad and you'll make sure you get every single white card because you yeah. want that five bar, right? Yeah. But if the guy rocks up to you after the one hour and he says, oh, I made a mistake, I meant blue, mm. you're going to gain it, right? And yeah, that's what exactly. happens with your mind. That's what happens mm. with your mind because you, you really focus, good. you get what you focus on. And so with COVID, it's hard, it's tough, it's difficult, it's challenging. However, there are opportunities out there. And so I think that mindset comes from a constant inundation of, because, mm. you know, you, you spoke about the, 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 the negative news. It's, yeah. you know, someone's brainwashing someone all the time, right? Yeah. So mm. I rather, I'm just like, I'm going to brainwash myself with positivity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So I, mm. I think, you know, if you're highly proactive about managing your attitude, I think it puts you in a positive, in positive state. I think really the good. people that you surround yourself with is, 
is so important. We, I cannot yeah. overemphasize that yeah. because mm. if you're dealing with people that are always telling you about the negative, what's wrong with mm. the world, you, that's what you're going to see. And so I've surrounded Absolutely. myself. I, you know, I've got a lot of my friends, some of my friends I've had since 1995 you know mm. so it's been a long time and then my, my newer friends that have come along the the, the ride for the ride um they all have this uh, i'll call it a mamba mindset right so yeah. they're there to win that's really they're good there to make things mm. happen right and yeah. so mm. the, the powerful thing about that is that when i'm down they can lift me up and when they're yeah. down i can lift them up and, and i really think good. those factors it's like you've got your self-management in terms of, you know, you're reading, you're watching what you need to watch, whatever, the best way you can consume that, that information is, is the one side and then your support structure. Yeah. I've got an awesome wife, my wife, I mean, she pushes me and she helps me do things I'd never otherwise do and mm. my friends and again, mentors. And when you're hungry for this type of thinking, you, you find more and more people like that. And That's there are wonderful. tons of people that want to help, but they yeah. don't find people that want to be helped in this way yeah. with this type That's of thinking. Awesome. So when you want to be helped, a dude that you randomly meet at a coffee shop, he's like, you start talking to him and you start to resonate on these same thought processes. Boom, yeah. you created a positive relationship. So mm. mental health, I think, is, is super important. I'm so glad that really so good. many people are doing such great work around it. Um, and, I, and I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's my piece on it, yeah. That's really, really, really profound. Um, I want to touch on, I think, two more, two more questions. Um, yeah. The first one is... First one is pretty much what are your goals for the next six months? That's okay. that's one of the questions that I think has come through. A lot of people are really yes. curious about that. What are you aiming for in the next six months? Cool. So uh, I'm gonna lay it out. So mm. first, first, um, I need to I need to drop this ten kilos, right? Because yeah. I, I just want to really want to be I want to be rocking that uh, holiday shred and feeling a little bit lighter. Um, mm, I'm, I'm feeling quite healthy right now and strong, mm. but I just feel like that's, that's what I need to do. So from a physical perspective, that's one thing I need to do. Then mm -hmm. from a business perspective, I want to optimize my, my practice. I want to get better systems in place. So I'm, I'm working on that currently. I want to try to drop my admin time, um, outside of clinical time to one hour a week. Um, so awesome. that's a big goal. So I want to optimize my time. Then mm. with my entrepreneurial uh, ventures, there are three projects that we're currently running that I want to close the circle. I want to complete those projects, make them highly successful, deliver, add massive mm. value, add massive, That's massive, awesome. massive value to the people that That's we're awesome. talking to. And then the last, the last goal is, is wild because at the beginning of the year, I said, I'm going to open two more profitable businesses. And yeah. I had, I, the, the, I'm not going to say what businesses they were, right? Yeah. Um, but basically, <laughs> but basically, if I had started those businesses now, mm. they would have been closed during lockdown, right? Wow. So mm. I've had to change my thinking. That's a and so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I've got these two plans that I'm, that I'm working on now. And by the end of this year, I need to open those two businesses. So those are my awesome. goals for the remainder of the year. Um, awesome. I've got some, I, I also have spiritual goals, um, mm. uh, relationship goals, family goals, but those mm. for this conversation are the most pertinent. That's awesome. That's, that's incredibly inspiring. 
And the last question, Floyd, uh, before I let you go, um, what books would you recommend for someone who is starting their entrepreneurship journey? Um, I, I'll, I'll say books, but I'll also say podcasts as well. So both books and podcasts. Epic, epic, epic. So um, as far as entrepreneurship goes, you go through different phases in the life of your business. Your, your business is like a living body, right? So yeah. if you, 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 at different stages, you're going to learn different things. So for someone who is trying to figure out why they should be an entrepreneur and if it's the right mm. thing to do mm. and the way to think about entrepreneurship, I'd say Rich Dad, Poor Dad would be my first book because mm -hmm. it gives you a nice broad understanding of why and how different types of businesses actually fit into the puzzle. Yeah. If you mm. have an existing business and you have not created structure and systems, I'd say my recommendation is by Michael Gerber, it's called The E-Myth. It's a phenomenal book because it helps you to think about your business like a big organization and helps mm. you to understand the difference between working in your business and working on your business. So, you know, That's not being a technician, mm. like freaking just working head down, but also mm. being a visionary and helping build that business. Um, awesome. the, other book, uh, I, I, the, the other book I'd recommend is if your business is struggling with uh, deciding on whether it's time to grow or not. Mm. There's a book called Profit First. It's a brilliant book because it helps you to understand the, the risk benefits of growth through understanding the numbers, okay? Yeah, and then awesome. as far mm. as podcasts go, I'd say a very nice podcast that just gives you a lot of different um, sort of understandings of business and w the way that different businesses approach the way they, 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 the different approaches. I'd say Entrepreneur on Fire, so EOF. I think that's yeah. a really good podcast. Uh, really uh, JLB good. does a great, great job over there. And then I'll just add, because you asked for podcasts, but let me just over deliver. YouTube channel. Um, awesome. Definitely, definitely mm. um, Valuetainment by Patrick Bedavid. Uh, awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a brilliant podcast. There, there's mm. some, there's, there's certain episodes I just, I don't, I wouldn't recommend to some people, but the entrepreneurship, when it's the core is entrepreneurship. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's brilliant at it. So those are, That's those would awesome. be my recommendations on resources. That's awesome. Floyd, this has, I think, been so phenomenal. Um, this has been a rich, rich episode. So, so much, much knowledge that you, awesome, you've, you've imparted, I think, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I wish, I wish I wasn't holding my phone so I could take <laughs> notes. <laughs> but I'll, I'll definitely rewatch this episode myself um, because you know this. I think we've spoken about so many important topics, so many important points. And I know, you know, you and I have had conversations offline, and we've we've gone a yes. lot deeper than this. You know, so I'd be really keen. You know, sometime if we could do a part two. That would be awesome. Yeah. And we can, you know, dive deeper on some topics. And I know a lot of people would absolutely love that. But, you know, this has been really, really good. And I'm seeing you getting some love in the comments, which is awesome. Um, you fully deserve that. You've been phenomenal. I think you've really imparted some pearls of wisdom on us. And I think we all really are excited to see these next six months. Uh, you yeah, know, brother. for you to achieve, for, like, for you to achieve the goal. And we're looking forward to that. 
I'm looking forward to when we can have our next coffee when we're allowed to go outside again. Yeah, you, you <laughs> It'll be awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, It'll be awesome to have that sometime soon. Um, I see a lot of, yeah, some people saying you really need a part two. There will be a part two. We, we got to do this again. This is we'll awesome. We'll do it. We'll do I'll, it. It's, <laughs> like absolutely good love boxing, it. it's like a good boxing <laughs> thing, right? You're going to have a second or a rematch. Absolutely. We got to go again. This has been phenomenal. I think the only, only problem is we just don't have enough time to talk about it all. But I think, yeah. you know, this has been really, really good. And so I'd like to thank you for, for coming on to the show. For thanks so much, a really, really thanks good so much guest. for having me and thanks so much for everyone as well. Yeah, no, thank you everybody for watching. And Floyd, I'll definitely I'll definitely, you know, chat to you again soon. Um we'll probably chat just after this, but uh yeah. thank you so much once again and see you again very soon. Thanks so much, and thanks so much everybody. Tuppy, you're the man, brother. Thanks, Floyd. Cheers, bye bye. Wow, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. I hope that you enjoyed that that you impacted positively, and that you found substance and significance whilst listening to the show. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to my episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search Impactful Conversations. Thank you to all of you who've listened and subscribed. It really does mean an incredible deal to me. But anyway, until the next episode, Bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.